Good morning. Today, Bez Hashem, we'll be learning Dafyutes in Maseches Kiddushin. We are learning today Le'ilu Nishmas of Common Wine Rib Zatzal. Uh, he was an amazing Rebbe in Neri Israel. He was, uh, we learned for his Rufur Shlema uh, a little while ago, last year or the year before. And uh, Nachi, my son, who is now in Israel, was very, very close with him. Amazing Rebbe, so we're going to learn Le'ilu Nishmaso. We're going to talk about uh, the Levites today, later today. Okay, the concept of Yud. Andrew is all business today. He wants to know, can we learn a blot and a half about Yud in a little over 40 minutes? Let's find out. Let's, let's, let's start from the beginning. What's Yud? Where the beginning is six, 2.6 lines down on Yud Chesem at Bez. A lot to do, but I think we could do it. Okay, Bez Artashem. Yud is the following. We have been discussing the Ama Ivria, right? So if the father sells his daughter uh, into servitude to a master, that master, and you look at the Psukim in the Torah, that master is uh, entitled to be Mekadesh her. Um, now, we're learning Masechus Kiddushin, so we know that a typical Kiddushin is a man goes to a woman and he says, I write Mekadesh at and he gives her something worth a Shavar Pruta. In the case of what's called Yehud, okay, imlo ye'ada, v'heftaba, there's literally, it's in the Torah, this concept, this word, um, in the Psukim. So what happens with Yehud? He bought her for a certain amount, and then she's serving out, right, her value, whatever she was purchased for, as strange as that is, uh, over time. Okay. If there's any time left over in her servitude, that's sort of money that she still owes. And the Gemara will discuss, the analogy would be if she owed money and the man forgave her loan and was Makadashar with that, that perhaps that would be the most analogous scenario we're going to see. Our Gemara is going to try to draw an analogy to what scenario this would be with Kiddushin. But be that as it may, there's a special dispensation with regards to uh, Adon versus Ama Ivria. We are encouraging this relationship and we'll, t- we'll tell the Adon to forego the remaining of her servitude and to marry her, so to speak, to uh, do yud with that. Uh, two more aspects of yud that are unique. Uh, one of them is there's a machlokes, which we'll discuss. We'll refer to it several times, and then finally we'll discuss it, which is when exactly is that kesef kiddushin considered the kesef kiddushin? Is it when the father of the daughter right is selling? Is it during that transaction or is it when he foregoes where the master foregoes the money later right those are two separate time points the first is when she initially goes into servitude and the second is when she's decided when he she still has some uh work left and they decide to go into you that's going to be discussed in the gemara as well um and so there's a machlokas as to where that kiddushin as it were takes place and and we will see uh, the conceptual difference, the nafkamina there, okay? And, um, and so without further ado, uh, we'll, we'll get into the specifics of the yud as follows. So, by Rabbi Barbur, yud nisuin osa or erisin osa. You'll see, we're going to start just learning all about yud in a blot and a half. Here we go. So the first question that we started with yesterday, when you do this yud, does it accomplish both nisuin and erisin or just erisin? So the Gemara, nafkamina liyosha, the tamal al-hafra, and the So we already know what the nafkamina would be. The practical difference would be that erisin um, does not, uh, already establishes a connection between 
the man and the woman, but we're learning Masechus Kedushin, and we know that it's not until the next step of Nisuin that the man is Yorish her, right, if she were to pass, or uh, take care of her corpse if she were to pass, if, and he was a Kohen, uh, which you only do to your Krovim, or be made for her Okay, we'll use the Hafaras Nadarim as the example going forward. Uh, but we know that it refers to all three of these nafkaminas when you have the difference between Kiddushin and Yisun. So the Gemara asks, my, what exactly is Allah? So, Tashma, let's see. Bevig Dova. Right, when we have the Pasuk Bevig Dova, so we had a proof where we said, Kevin Shapir Talisa Aleah, Once he spreads his cloak over her, which is a uh, way of saying that he's performing Yud, he can't sell her again. This is talking about the father. Okay, can can't resell her. Okay, that's a language that we heard from the Tana. So we said Zabuni who loved It sounds like he can't sell her, and that that's specific, which is to say he can't sell her, but he could do you it again. Well, if if that inference is true, so then it must be that you only does kiddushin, right? Because if you'd actually accomplish nisuin, came into nisa In other words, we're making an inference in the bright in the right. Brysa, we're making an inference that you could do Yud and you could do Yud and then you could be Makadashar. Well, that would only be true of Kiddushin. Once you have Nisuin, why would that be only true of Kiddushin? Because we know for sure, that's like a fixed point, we know for sure that once a woman has Nisuin, a girl has Nisuin, she's for sure outside of the jurisdiction of her father and he could never do anything for her again. He can't sell her again, he can't be Makadashar anymore. After Nisuin, all bets are off. She's out of his jurisdiction completely. So it must be that when he first did Yud, it doesn't accomplish Nisuin, but rather only Kiddushin, right? Sounds like it can't be inferred from that price that it only accomplishes Erisin. So Amar of Nachman B'Yitzchak, Kacha B'Kiddushin to Almakai. No, that price isn't referring to the first case wasn't one of Yud. It was a case of Kiddushin, regular Kiddushin, Valchi And what that price is really trying to teach us is Kevin Shemas Ravil, Amishin Yitchayev, Bishar, Ksusavel, Onasa. In other words, when the Bryce said Bevigdo Ba, it sounds like a reference to Yud because that's the context of Yud, but that's not what it meant. It meant a regular Kiddushin, okay? Right, that's the context of the Pasuk of Bevigdo Ba. But it was just saying Bevigdo Ba to refer to, to allude to Sher, Ksus, and Ona, the three things that any man who is Mekadosh, a woman, is now responsible for, for her, right? Which, uh, namely, her, right, uh, uh, her, basically, our room and board, and taking care of her, and clothing her, and also the onasa, right, to live with her. So all of those things are uh, alluded to, but big dova, and therefore it's just referring to that. It's referring to regular kedushin. So now, once you have a regular kedushin, shuvenu yachalamachar, so he can no longer sell her uh, at uh, later. Once there's been a regular kedushin, right? Once her father passed her over in kedushin, he can't um, he can't sell her again. Um, now the thing is. That is uh, an interesting concept, but it has nothing to do, right? And again, this is a regular kiddushin over yud. That's that's the point, labriut. So yud again has, like I said, unique labriut again, uh, unique halachas, right? Uh, and those are the halachas that we're discussing now. So yud after yud, it's possible the father retains. Uh, right, his control to, to sell her again. After regular condition, perhaps he wouldn't. Whether he does or he doesn't is irrelevant for us now, only because right now we're not talking about Yud. We're trying to figure out whether Yud accomplishes condition or condition and Nisuin. 
And here we're only talking about regular condition, so it wouldn't really inform anything regarding Yud. And so the Brisa, if that's in fact what it's talking about, if it's talking about regular condition, is not really shedding light on Yud. And so we go weiter to discuss more aspects of Yud. Does it affect only condition or condition any soon as follows? In the middle of Yitzchasim base, the Gemara says, Tashma, ain't mochala krovim, okay, that a father can't sell his daughter to relatives. Well, yeah, because you can't sell your daughter to somebody who she won't be able to marry. We already discussed that. So Krovim, she won't be able to marry because they're Arias, and that's Aser. Says the Gemara, says the And everybody agrees that you could sell your daughter if she was a widow to a coin Gadol, or right? So even though uh, a widow is not allowed to marry a coin Gadol, and a divorcee, Right, is not allowed to marry a regular kohen, as we know. Uh, you can still sell a divorcee to servitude to somebody who's a kohen. So that's certainly a chiddush, right? We'll have, right, that has to be explored. And in fact, Tosos does explore how that would work. But for our purposes, since we need to do a blot and a half, we stick to the topic at hand, which is how do you ever have an almana a kohen gadol? In other words, our this Bryce is suggesting that there's such a thing as a widow. Well, how do you have a widow? If, in fact, Yehud only accomplishes Kiddushin. Let's see how this Gemara asks. Hi, Amana Hechidami. How do you have a widow? Right? Since that's one of the cases, it must be that there's such a case where it's such a widow would exist. So, Elaim of the Kaddish Nafsheh, if you said that the widow, this is a, a girl that accepted Kiddushin on her own, Amana Karilai, well, she wouldn't be called an Amana. Why wouldn't she be called an Amana? Not because. She, uh, we're not sad for her, but because her husband isn't really her husband. A katana can't, can't be Mikadosh herself. And by definition, this woman is a katana. Why? Because we're saying that you can, that her father's marrying her off. Her father could only marry her off so, so long as she's a katana, right? Or not a, even if she's a Nara. But my point is, so long as she's a minor, so long as she's not a Bulgarist. So the point is that there be, okay, so how did she become an Almana? Okay, well, if she was Mikadosh herself, that doesn't make any sense because she wasn't mature of age yet, and therefore her Kiddushin, she's not considered to have the Das for Kiddushin, her Kiddushin would be meaningless, and she would not therefore be considered a true Almana. So what's the case? Well, the Kitcha Avia has to be that her father's Makadish on her behalf. If that's the case, but in such a case, we'd really be able to sell her afterwards? But we discussed yesterday that a father can't sell his daughter. Once he sent her off for Ishus, he cannot sell her off as a Nama Ivri anymore. So So must be, therefore, that the first case, how did she become an Almana? She had Kiddusha Yud. Ah, and then, Okay, so this is our first allusion to Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, we're going to discuss it soon, but the Gemara in classic fashion refers to a Mechloka that it hasn't really discussed yet. My mother, Zilzayn Gizot, does this all the time. She'll say, I was talking to Beatrice, and that's how I find out that she has a friend called Beatrice. You know, I'm supposed to, as if I know who that is. So, so he goes like this. So referring to this Machlokas of Yosef Yehuda, the Machlokas is as follows. He says, So in that right, uh, question that we alluded to in the beginning, which is, when, um, when is the time that the Kiddushin is done? When's the Kesef Kiddushin taking, uh, tra- transaction taking place? Is it in the initial sale of the daughter, or is it later? So Yosef Yehuda is the one that says that it's later, right? The most Rishonas are not the Kiddushins, okay? So what's going on here? So if that's the case, then you doesn't cancel the father's right to sell his daughter at a later time, if you hold like, like uh, uh, Rabbi Yehuda, right? Because again, it, 
the right the father right isn't really initiating. That's really like the fundamental underpinnings of that machlokas. What's happening is like this. Again, the father is giving the cast of Kiddushin. If, the, if you hold that the Kiddushin is taking place at that transaction, at the initial moment of selling her off to uh, uh, servitude, so then really the father is the initiator of the Kiddushin, and therefore he can't sell her again. Oh. However, if you say no, the father is selling her off, but that's not the Kiddushin. When you do Yud, and the Yud is initiated by the master, it's the master that's initiating the Kiddushin. Oh, so if you hold that, so then the Kiddushin hasn't really happened yet, right? And if he dies, then perhaps you'd be considered, uh, the, right? And, and therefore, um, it doesn't, ev- then if, again, if you hold like Rabbi Yosef Yehuda, that it is the master that's initiating the Kiddushin later when he performs Yud, that it's at that moment that the transaction is taking place. So that means that the father, until that point, has not yet given up his jurisdiction, right? Because he hasn't given her over yet. And therefore, the father would still retain his rights to sell his daughter. That's what it means. It's a clever um, inference. It says, So again, none of this works if you hold that the Yud actually accomplishes Nisuin. Because if you're going to say that it accomplishes Nisuin, Kevin Shanise, Shuven Laviela Shuzba. So then, you know, it wouldn't matter whether you hold like Rabbi Yosef Rehuda or not. It wouldn't matter whether, right, the Yud was done by the husband or by the father. See what's going on, Andrew? If the, if the Yud, the fact that the Yud is done by the husband and therefore the father retains some sort of jurisdiction over her, only means anything if the yud itself is only a kedushin, right? Because then, it, then, then it's a unique situation where a kedushin was done, but the kedushin was done while she's still a minor, and it's not really full-fledged kedushin, it's more like yud, which is a little different as we've already discussed, and that's being done not by the father, but it's being done by the husband, by the master, and therefore, it's only in that unique case where you could have an almana, right? But the Gemara is still just teasing out a little bit more of LMI. Erison also, so wait a minute, so what are you saying? That the Yud affects Erison? That's also a little difficult. The Shavin Shemochra? And, and yet we said that both Tanakama and Rabbi Lezer agree that he could still sell her, but that also doesn't seem right because I know the Mocha is Beatles Shivchos Acharishas. Because, right, so even if you're going to say that Yud accomplishes only Kiddushan and not Nisuin, the, the, the father still shouldn't be able to sell her because we had a Machlokas yesterday or. Uh, right in the Brisa, we had different shitos, different opinions about what the father could do. Can the father sell his daughter for as an Avery after Ishus? And we held that not that we that we agreed that he could not do that. Right, the machlokas would be maybe can he do right um, Ishus uh, after Shifchus? Right, there, there was a machlokas there, but not in Shifchus Achar Ishus. Says the Gemara, Elamai Islach Lemeimar Shiny Erisin Didam Erisin Davio. So you have to say, as Rashi says, four lines up from the bottom, shiny Erisin Dudah, the came of the Hulo Kitra, Yachalamokra. Right, that this is a very singular unique case, Andrew. The the Rashi is explaining. The father only loses his rights, right, to sell her off as an Am Ivria after Kiddushin if he was the one that initiated the Kiddushin. It's like, dude, you sold, you were Makadish, your daughter off. You can't do, you don't get to do that twice, right? You don't get to, uh, to, to keep selling her off multiple times. But this is a very unique case where, according to Yosef Rehuda, he gave her to serve, to, for Kiddushin in a sense, but he, the Kiddushin hasn't happened yet because it hasn't, it doesn't really fully happen until the Odon does Yud. And if that's the case, 
So then it's really the Kedushin uh, ability has not been taken away from the father yet. And that's really the one unique case where the Arison of, of hers, right, which because she, in fact, um, because the father wasn't involved in that heiress, and even though he was, it hasn't been triggered yet, according to Rabbi Yosef Yehuda. And therefore, that should be the case where, it, where in fact, she could be an almana and then still remarry. Okay? And that's uh, while she's a minor. So it's a fascinating case. However, the Gemara says, if that's true, that it hasn't happened yet, then I feel the tame and also. So why is it reflecting on whether Kedushin or Nisuin already happened? So says the Gemara, shining Nisuin didam and Nisuin the, uh, 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 because we should be able to say shiny nisuin da minisuin davia. Maybe the fact that her father right uh, accomplished the nisuin for her should be different than when she does the nisuin. Because if her father did it on her behalf and it hasn't triggered yet, then maybe that also should keep him in his control. Says Gamar, hi my. This is not a good comparison. Bishlam Erison, Erison, Shiny. You could say no. Erison, you could see the difference. If it hasn't happened yet, or if it hasn't happened according to the, the father initiating it. So if the father isn't the one that initiated the Nisuin, so maybe he still retains right to her Nisuin. After all, Andrew, we know that when it comes to Kiddushin, right, even if he is Mekadesh, her, he still is Mefer Nedarea, as we said, right? He still has some uh, aspect of jurisdiction over her. Good. However, once Nisuin happens, it doesn't matter how the Nisuin happens. Uh, Nisuin is a, is a point where the father has no jurisdiction her, over her anymore at all, right? It's a complete, right, um, it's a complete departure from the father at that point. So that's what the Gemara says. El Nisuin, Nisuin, my shiny, right? So again, Kiddushin and Kiddushin, it would matter. If a Kiddushin was done, right, uh, in the unique case of Yehud, so maybe the father still would retain some jurisdiction over her. He's still made for Nadarea and he's Metame to her, etc. But if Nisuin, right, happened, right, so then it doesn't matter who initiated it and how it happened, and therefore that's a clean break. And so it must be, therefore, that you would affect not Nisuin, but only Kiddushin. Very good. Okay, so at the potentially manageable time of 5.56 a.m., we're on your test, and let's go. Now, we said that the girl was... Was became an almana after Yud, but the Gemara wants to know. Menachem Yitzchak thought that even Rabbi Yosef Yehuda holds that it's the first mos were given to Kiddushin. Okay, so b'may mokimla. So how is Menachem Yitzchak? This is we learned this yesterday. How is Menachem Yitzchak going to learn the brisa? Says the Gemara, mokimla like Rabbi Yeah, no, you can't. He has to either learn like Rabbi Yezer, who we learned yesterday. The, the position of Rabbi Eliezer yesterday was that, that once a father sells his daughter as an Ama Ivriya, he can't do that again. But if he first married her off and tried to be Mikadosh and then tried to sell her to Shifchas, that he can do, right? So that was one of the Shittas and the Brisa. So if you learn it like that, so you can learn that the girl was widowed after an ordinary Kiddushin, right? He was Mikadosh then on her behalf, right? The father, while she was a minor, then she was widowed. And then, Nebuch, she was widowed, so now he's like really in dire straits, so he's gonna have the right to sell her as an Am Ivriya, right? Um, but that would be only according to Rabbi Yezer. The Shita says we learned in the Brisa yesterday that don't allow that. But once you allow it to be that way, so then most Rishonos doesn't matter. In other words, even though if he's Makadashur right away, initially, he's allowed to be Makadashur and then sellers in Am Ivri according to Rabbi And therefore, that's not a contradiction. That's how Rav Nachum Yitzchak would explain the Brisa, even according to his opinion that Rabbi Yosef Yehuda holds that the initial money works as Kiddushin. Okay. Now, 
uh, a fascinating idea. If you read the Psukim, again, you have to look at Shmos Chafalef, the Psukim of Yehud are like this. It says, We've discussed this Pasuk many times. And the next Pasuk, Pasuk Tess says, And if what? If the master marries her off, not to himself, while she's an Amma Ivory in servitude, but to his son. So this is the master marrying, he's saying, like, I don't, you know, listen, uh, I'm not like into 10-year-olds, but maybe it would be a good shidduch for my son. And he performs yud on behalf of his son. So then, that should work. Okay, the Torah allows it. So now we're going to ask a question regarding that aspect of yud. It says, she wants to know, does it matter, again, if the son is a typically... When, uh, when um, they get married, when a man and woman get married, at least the man, at least usually both of them have to be of, uh, of age to some sort. We have the case here of, uh, you know, we have our Imahos, who Rivka, uh, we mentioned yesterday, got married really young, it sounds like. And we have, of course, the case that we're discussing here of a father selling his daughter off as a minor. So we know that this, this is a condition for a girl who's a minor. But uh, the male, how does that work? Does the male have to be of age to get married? Well, says the Gemara, can, uh, is this a unique case where a father, uh, once the father of the daughter can marry her off while she's a minor, then also the Adon can marry off his son to said minor daughter while he's a minor and make the Shidduch that's like age appropriate that way? So says the Gemara, there's two ways to looking at it. No Amar Rahmana, no Koldahu. Would you say that when the Torah is telling you ve'im livno ya'adena, it's trying to teach you that it doesn't matter how old he is, and therefore it's allowing it in this case? Or maybe it means no, you can marry off his son, but only if he's similar to himself, in the sense that mahu gadolaf no gadol, in the sense that just like when a regular man gets married to a woman, he has to be of age and maturity, so too does his son have to be. So what does it mean when it says no? Does it mean his minor son, or his son has to be of age? Now, Ish is just like a word in midair. Where is this word? Where is it coming from? It's coming from the horrible situation of adultery. Prat lakaton. That in the context of Ish, it says that a man really is supposed to be an adult, not a katan. Why? Because it says, Asher office Ish is Ish. We know the case where there is adultery, an Ish is Ish, Prat la Ish is katan. That a wife of a katan is not included in the prohibition of Ish is Ish. Viyamas miyayid imkain matzino Ish is lakaton. So again, the Pasuk is in the context of adultery. Adultery is when there's an Ashish Ish. But if there was such a thing as a marriage to a minor boy, so then why would adultery not be to that minor boy also? In other words, it sounds like the inference from saying that there's only such a thing as an Ashish Ish to an adult male sounds like there's only such a thing as marriage with an adult male, that you need to have an adult male in order for the marriage to be considered an actual marriage. There's no such thing as an Ashish an uh, Yelid. There's only such a thing as an Ashish Ish. Right? So again, if you're going to say that a, a father, if you say the father can marry, a, the master can marry off his minor son to this Amma Ivriya, so then there is such a thing as Ishus Lakatan, and we see that there isn't, that there's only Ishus when there's a, an adult male. But Elamai, so what do you suggest? Ainamiyad? What are you going to say? That he can't give her uh, in you to a son who's a minor? Amai, come, amai, like, ra. So if that's the case, why is the Pasuk saying, live no? 
Maybe that's what the Pasuk is t- telling you. Maybe the very existence of the, and, and beyond, besides that, when it says, right? We have We have the exclusion. So here's a clever idea. The very existence of the exception to the law proves the law, right? It proves the rule. The exception proves, proves the rule. In other words, that a minor spouse exists when you have a child. Right, because why else would you need the exception to teach you that in Aishas Ish he's not punished that way? Right? Otherwise it would be obvious because if there's no such thing that exists, if there's no such thing that exists, such as a, a minor boy being married, so then you wouldn't have to learn that, because there is no such thing. So the fact that we say that the so what really is going on, says the Gemara, is that there is such a thing as a minor boy who's married, and the Khirish of the Torah is that in that scenario, it's a weird case where um, Adultery in that scenario would not be considered adultery. Wow. Holy smokes. That all of that might be true and then it may not be considered adultery, but the case has nothing to do with you. It's a totally different case. It's a case of Yibum, as we know, because we learned from Sechaz Yivamas, Baruch Hashem, that Yibum is when the brother dies childless. So then, he, let's say, um, the older brother dies childless, Rahman al-Atzlan, and then you have a younger brother who's a minor. He has to be, his bia has to be considered something. So he has to be older than nine, nine years old in a day, fine. So he's a 10-year-old brother. 10-year-old brother is now expected to be a, a, a yavam, okay? So So let's say, yeah, he takes on the role. He's 10 years old. And sure enough, he takes the surviving wife, B'yibum. So because that be is considered to be and everything like that, that he's they're considered married. However, you might have thought since Midaraisa is Kiddushin and Yibum, and in fact, because he's over nine year, years old, the Bia has significance. Therefore, you would think that if somebody else were to have adultery with her, that there would be No, that's what the Pasuk is teaching you. That there, until he's Ba Mitzvah, there's not going to be considered an Asian issue. It's a wild halacha. Fine. So Tachlis asks Gemar, "My Haviyala, what's the Gemar? What's the halacha? What are we? What are we saying about Yud? Um, can the minor marry her or not?" Says the Gemar, "Yud Katan, Tashma Amar Aivu, Amar Bionai, and Yud El Begadol, and Yud El Midas." An idea that no, the father can only um, give over. The father, master, could only give over the Sama Ibrahim to his son in, in Yud. That we for sure know he could do, because that the Pasuk explicitly tells us. But only if said son is a Gadol. And only if said son has the Das. Says the Gemara, Tarti? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Aren't those two things the same? Like, doesn't one explain the other? Doesn't Das, uh, isn't that why he can only sell to his Gadol? So the Gemara says, yeah, that's what the Bryce is teaching you. Ma'atam, Kamar. The Bryce is teaching you the rationale. Ma'atam, ain't yud el begadol. Why do we say that you can't have yud, that uh, the father can't initiate yud for his son unless the son is, a, is mature of age? Lefisha ain't yud el midas. Because the only way that yud works is if there's a cognitive awareness and intent um, on behalf of who? The Gemara asks, we buy same, midas. Wait, on behalf of whose das? So what does it mean with midas dida? I thought we meant that her intent. Machlokas here in the Rishonim doesn't mean her intent. Does she have to have actual intent and, con- and consent? Or just it's even against her consent per se, but she has to have knowledge and we just have to like sort of notify her. Anyway, be that as it may, she has to be aware at least, okay? And how do we know that that das is referring to her das? The Tanya Baibarei Rabbi Abo, Asher Lo right? The Pasuk that we quoted in Vayikra, in, I'm sorry, Shmos Chaf Aleph Ches, Right, 
that teaches you that in fact he has to perform yud, and when he does so, who tani la He and he has to inform her, right, as follows, right? Who tani la amarla? Bai taught the brisa, and then he also explained as follows: Bikidusha yud. When a girl, as opposed to a regular kiddushin of a minor, when the girl has the kiddushin of yud, it's unique. And all of that applies only according to Rabbi Yosef Yehuda. We're about to explain the machlokas of Rabbi Yosef Yehuda. But again, there's the machlokas about whether the Mosri Shonos, um, where the father sells her off, are actually where the actual kiddushin is taking place. Rabbi Yosef Yehuda rejects that. He says that's not the case. It's not the father that's initiating kiddushin right then and there. Rather, it's the right master who's who's effectuating the Kedushin when he actually does the Yud later on in her servitude. Well, that means that the money of Yud, right, uh, which is given to the daughter later, is in fact the Kesef Kedushin, okay, as opposed to regular Kedushin of her minors. So that's really important because there, if you say that that's the case, so that's the only scenario where she's going to need to have any cognitive awareness and there's going to have to be consent because it's actually between the husband and the wife, so to speak. It's between the master and the daughter that's happening there. And that's where the consent is happening because we already know that the classic old school way of doing it when the father is selling her off, that doesn't require her consent over there. So it must be that it's referring according to Rabbi Yosef Yehuda that the consent is happening at the time where the master is actually uh, giving her the kesef yud, as it were. So how does this all work? So now we're finally going to get to... Oh, wait, so that's the first point. I'm just filling it off. Even if you're going to say that the original money the father gave was lekidushin, shiny hacha, maybe that case would be different because the Amar Rahmana Ya'ada. In other words, there's another way of looking at it, which is that it is true that uh, the Kiddushin, you, you'll go according to the opinion that the Kiddushin was initiated right away when the father gave it a servitude, and it is at that point that Kiddushin is considered to have started with the, so to speak, condition that Yehud could be done later. But that's okay because the Pasuk is giving you what we call a Gzer Sakosim. The, the Pasuk itself is teaching you the exception that even though that the, the money was given earlier, when yud happens later, it requires the consent of the of the girl. So either way, right? You know, in other words, initially we were saying we were tying the consent of the girl with the moment of the kiddushin. So it's just like a regular kiddushin where, like, the woman has to consent and agree and understand what's going on. So that would be true of yud also, and therefore it's considered Rabbi Yosef Yehuda. But now we're saying maybe that's not the case. Maybe that even though her consent was not needed initially when she was sold off, the chiddush of the Torah is that at the time of yud later, even though the financial transaction took earlier at the time of yud, she has to give consent. So it's not necessarily tied into the machlokas. Let's just, and now the Gemara in classic fashion is going to finally teach you the machlokas that it mentioned three times as follows. This is the Gemara, three lines up from the wide. My Rabbi Yosef Rehuda. What, what was this? Who is Rabbi Yosef Rehuda? What's the Shita? The Tanya. Now we're going to learn the Brisa. Yada vehefda. Right? From the famous Pasuk that we quoted in Shmos Chafal of Ches. Yada vehefda. Tzarech sheyesh shehus biyom kedei pediyah. That's the idea like this. Yadav does in sequence, right? Which means you do yud and then you're pode. So something like that. Or you have to be able to be pode when there's yud. So what does that mean? It means the following. How is he, again, what are the mechanics of yud? So we're going to talk about it. But it sounds like the mechanics of yud are as follows, like we mentioned earlier, that when there's money left over in her servitude, you use that leftover money and you use that as the kesef kiddushin, right? So let's say she was sold for like $600, and $100 a year or whatever it is, and, and, and there's a little bit of time left in her, enough of a shavapruta left in her servitude, even though her servitude is about to be expired, whatever, as long as there's enough money left in her servitude, you use that as the Kesef Kiddushin. You forfeit that, so to speak. You forgive that and use that as the Kesef Kiddushin. That's the mechanics. 
You right, exactly. You do it on credit. You'll see. You'll see exactly how this works. It's not actually a credit. You do it on a loan forgiveness. See what I mean? Right. I mean, I mean, you're crediting back. Yeah, you're crediting back the loan. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So tzarich sheyeshu's biyom kadei padia. So what is this? It means like this. It would only work if there's time left in the day, meaning if her term is almost up, so then there is no, you know, nothing to credit back because she already worked it all out, right? So Mikana, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudah, that was the source of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudah. He learned from there, if there's still any time in the day, even on the last day of her servitude, if there's any time left in that day, Mikudeshes, right? And she is Mikudeshes. Mikudeshes. But if she's already finished out her term on the last day, so then there's nothing to be Mikudesh her with and you can't do the Yud. I mean, obviously, you could be Mikdash her in a regular way, right? And say, all right, Mikdash and give her more money. But you can't do the Yud. Yud mechanics is up at that point. So, right? So, the fact that it matters how much money is left at the end of the servitude means that it must matter that, that the transaction must be happening at that moment, at the end, right? If the transaction took place in the very beginning, so it wouldn't matter where in the servitude she is. So, so that's, that was the source of. Rav Yossi Bar Yehuda, that it's the money at the end, that that's when the transaction is taking place. However, so Nachman Bar Yitzchak, who disputes that, um, are as follows. The field of Tamil Kedushin is new. If you're going to say, even if you say that the original, right, selling her off is not Ivriya, that's where the tra- financial transaction took place. Shiny Hacha, the case of Yossi Bar Yehuda is different. Again, like we said before, that it's a Chiddush of the Torah that the Yud can only be done if there is, in fact, enough money left over in her servitude. But it does not reflect when the actual financial condition is taking place. Okay, to which Amar Rabbah, Amar of Nachman, Rabbah said, name of Nachman, Omar Adam Levito Katana, Tziv, Kabbalah, Sheikh, Mariyah, Yosef, Rehuda, that even the Katana, who is usually not Makabal Kedushin, this case is very unique, where a father can, in fact, tell his daughter, you can go and be Makabal Kedushin according to the Sheet of Rehuda, Rehuda, which is to say, according to Rehuda, Rehuda, what's happening at Yud is a transaction between the master and the woman. So it's like an it's an unusual case of a kiddushin where the father is initiating it, but the daughter and the master are their players in the kiddushin. So says the Gemara. Wait, Lav Amar Kiddushin Didn't we say that Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda holds that the initial transaction is not the kiddushin? So how is Rav? What's Rav playing at here? Right, didn't Rabbi Yossi Rehuda said that the condition is only if there's a, a pruta left? So what's the father's involvement? What is Rabbi saying when he means that the father initiates it? So the Gemara says, Here too, the father, when a man tells his daughter to accept kiddushin, it should be as if he originally said her, right, sold her with consent for you later. Okay, so that's, the first deduction, that that's how it works, that he, it's, a, it's as if he told her, right, that he's, that he's selling her now, but it's sort of like a tonight. He's going to consent to the Yud later, and that's how it works. That's one aspect of the mechanics. Here's another one. That's the analogy, Andrew, right? The analogy is, let's take a regular case, right? A man is Makash B'milva. So what's the case? Makash B'milva and there's a mashkon. That he is actually has a loan, right? Let's say he lent her money. And he says, with this loan forgiveness, money left over, I'm going to make you. Also, he's still holding the collateral, right? Despite the fact that he still has the collateral, still mikudeshes. She's mikudeshes. And that's according to the principle of Yosef Rehuda. Says the Gemara. Wait, how does that work? Didn't Yosef Rehuda say that the initial money is not the money of Kiddushin? So what's going on? Isn't Yud affected not through the original Kiddushin, but rather the master? So how is his debt, right, 
how does this debt work, right? It's like a loan that she owes him, but he gufa mashkon he. And in this analogy, the Ama Ivir herself is the mashkon. So how does it, so, so that is what's going on. But says the Gemara, as we turn to your Testament base, right? When he allowed the Shavapruta to be left in her term, and then he is Makadashur 3 Yud, Havikidushin, that should be valid. So Achanami Loshna. And that's how it works with the Rabbi Yosef Yehuda, that when man is going to be Makadashur to woman, with, right, the loan forgiveness, even though he's keeping her as security, that's no different. And just like, and this is the mashal, right? Just like Kiddushin should take place in that case, uh, so too Kiddushin should take place in this case as well, which is to say, right, that you are able to mikash her with the forgiveness of the loan, and that's according to Rabbi Yosef Rehuda, that it's the, right, that the Baal is doing that uh, at that later area. Fine. So now we're going to get into real mechanics, halacha uh, lamaisa, right, Practical rabbinics of you. Tanarabon. Ketzal admits of you. What ho- what goes on? So again, this is the master with the Ama Ivriya. So it's a it's a unusual form of it's a most unusual form of Kedushin. That's already described in the Psukim of the Torah. But it has some aspects that look like regular Kedushin. He just says it in front of two Adim. And even if it's towards the end of her term, even if it's towards the end of the last day of her term. Term as long as there's enough of her value of Shavapruta, he all he has to do is in, say in front of two Adim, you're Mikudeshis, and boom. He do one thing that sounds like it's a Minhag Ishus for her instead of Shifchus, maybe he should take out the garbage instead of her, and then, and he said, Arayah Mikudeshit, and that is the unique form of the wedding ceremony of Yud. To which Rabbi Yosef Yehuda Amer shows Yeah, watch how close you are to Shkia. If there's anything enough left for her to be Mikudesh with the Shavapruta, then yes, she's Mikudesh. Right, and he's going to say that no, you can't do it like a minute before Shkia because then there's not a Shavapruta left in her. So again, if you held that the condition took place all the way in the beginning, maybe the only thing that would matter is if she's still an Ama Ivria, right? And the the amount of value that she has left wouldn't matter. But according to Rabbi Yosef Behuda, that the financial transaction is taking now taking place now, you are going to have to worry about how close you are to Shkia. The analogy would be like this. Let's say a man says to a woman, uh, marry me f- from now, retroactively, but only after 30 days, right? And during that interim 30 days waiting, uh, uh, another man comes in Mekadosh. She's in fact Mekadosh to the Rishon because he actually explicitly said, you're going to marry me from now. So wait, who's accor- who is this Mashal according to? Is it according to Rabbi Yosef Behuda or the Rabbanon? Elaim much Rabbi Yosef Behuda. If you're going to say Rabbi Yosef Behuda, who holds that the condition is later, Ha'im Yeshu's Biyom Kedelasosim Mashav Pruta Mekudeshes. So then, wait a minute. If there's enough time left in the day, right, and she beca- and then she is Mekudeshes, as is his Shita Vim Lav Lo. But if there's not enough time, she can't. So according to Rabbi Yosef Behuda, Yud is not retroactive at all. It's at the time, as we said, of right the actual Kedushin of the actual Yud. So therefore, wait a minute, the analogy is not good because the first man condition is, is, it, is going to work retroactively in the analogy. So, that mashal only works according to the Rabbanon who say that it is indeed uh, retroactive, right, at the t- to the time of, the, of her being passed over to, as an Amavria. So the Gemara says, yeah, that Pshita, okay, that's obvious. So why are we learning it from this Brisa? Because you may have thought, if it weren't for the Brisa, that in the case of Yud, right, the master didn't actually tell 
the kedushin me'achshav. Okay, so if he, if the if the master didn't say that the kedushin is going to be from now, according to the rabbanon, you might have thought that that it's still retroactive. Right, Kamash Malan, no. So the Brisa has to teach us that in the case of an ordinary condition, you don't have to say Me'achshav because it's obvious. In other words, despite the Rabbanon allowing Yud, Lemafreya, by Kedushin, that's not implied. See what I'm saying? The Rabbanon hold that by Yud, it's implied in the mechanics of Yud that it goes back retroactively to the father handing her over. But by Kedushin, there is no such implication. By Kedushin, you have to actually explicitly say it in order, in order for it to work that way. Okay, so now we have another Brisa, Tanya Idach, right? A man who sells his daughter as an Am Ivria, and then she go, and then he goes and he marries her off to another guy. So that means he's playing with the Adon, and he's and she's Mikudesha to the second guy. In other words, the the Am Ivria thing is totally cancelled. It's the marriage that subsequently happens that happens. That's the Yosi Yehuda. So according to Yosi Yehuda, the the Mechira was nothing. According to the Chachamim, the Mechir was something. That's obvious because the Mechir happens in the beginning. So, so again, you're going to draw the analogy. Right, so it's very similar to the case, right, but just in the opposite direction. From whose words? So again, so from the opposite direction, that sounds more like the Rabbanon, but that can't be because according to the Rabbanon, it would work right away retroactively. So This has to be only according to Rabbi Yosef Rehuda. And even though it's obvious, Pshita, that it's like him, right? No. So again, it's the same Brisa, but in the other direction, and that is where we leave off in the Tanya Idach about, I don't know, 12 lines up uh, or 13 lines up from the bottom of your Testament base in the right specifics of Yud and how it can be performed. Everybody have a good Shabbos.